cottage in the mythical village of Slumbershire. Go back in time to the court of King Arthur and embark on a meditative quest for lost relics. Shop for magic supplies in a hidden corridor of London. Each original sleep story is carefully crafted to evoke feelings of comfort, safety, and relaxation paired with breathwork or a soothing body scan to send you naturally into sleep. Sleep and Sorcery is available now on Insight Timer and wherever you listen to podcasts. Take a few deep breaths. As you breathe in, imagine that you are inhaling a bright, glowing energy. As you exhale, imagine that you are releasing any tension or stress. Now, visualize yourself lying on a soft, grassy field, looking up at the night sky. The sky is filled with twinkling stars and shimmering constellations. Pick out a star that particularly catches your eye 
and focus on it. As you gaze at this star, let yourself get lost in its glow. Imagine that the light of the star is filling your body, calming your mind and relaxing your muscles. Feel yourself becoming more and more relaxed. The stars and constellations above seem to swirl and dance in the sky, creating a mesmerizing display of light. You are completely at peace, completely at ease. If you doze off while I'm reading, that's completely fine. This is the perfect time to allow the sense of calm to take over and bring you into a pleasant and sound sleep. Why the Heron Has a Crooked Neck The flames leapt gaily upward in the wide fireplace, throwing strange shadows on the painted walls and gleaming on the polished wood of floor and beam and cupboard. Little Jan basked contentedly in the warmth, almost dozing, now absently stroking the terrier curled up beside him. Now running his fingers through the softer fur of the rug on which he lay. It was made of silver jackal skins, dozen of them, to judge from the six bushy tails spread out on either side. And as Auda Carell's gaze rested on them, he remarked reminiscently, Ah, but Om Jackals was a slim Carell. No one ever got the better of him without paying for it. In an instant, little Jan was sitting bolt upright, every symptom of sleep banished from his face. The book from which Willem had been laboriously trying to gain some idea, the physical features of Russia, was flung to the far end of the rust bank. While Petey, suspending for a brief moment his whittling of a catapult stick, slid along the floor to get within better sight and sound of the storyteller. Yes, my little masters, sometimes it was Umlu, he cheated. Sometimes it was Obas Babian or Umwolf. And once it was poor little Dove. And that is what made me think of how he was cheated himself. Did the little dove cheat him? Asked Petey eagerly. No, the dove was too frightened. Not stupid, but like people are when they are too kind and gentle and believe everything other people tell them. She was sitting on her nest one day singing to her little children. 
when Jackals prowled along under the tree and heard her. Now I'll have a nice breakfast, he thought, and he called out. Good morning, Tante. I hear you have such pretty little children. Please bring them down for me to see. But the Tante was frightened of Jackals and said, I'm sorry, Om. They are not well today, and I must keep them at home. Then Jackals lost his temper and called out, Nonsense! I am hungry and want something to eat, so throw down one of your little children at once. Some know, sometimes crossness drives away frightenness. And Tante was so cross with the Jackals for wanting to eat one of her little children that she called out. No, no, you bad jackals. I shall do nothing of the sort. Go away and look for other food. If you don't, I'll fly up and eat them all, said jackals. Throw one down at once. And he stamped about and made such a horrible noise that the poor Tante thought he was really flying up. She looked at her babies. There wasn't one she wanted to give, but it was better to lose one than have them all eaten. So she shut her eyes and fluttered about the nest till one of them fell out, and Jackals caught it in his mouth and carried it off to his hole to eat. Ah, but the poor Tante was sad. She spread her wings over her other children and never slept all night, but looked about this way and that way with her soft eyes, thinking every little noise she heard was own jackals trying to fly up to her nest to gobble up all her babies. The next morning, there was own jackals again. Tante, your child was a nice juicy mouthful. Throw me down another and make haste, do you hear? Or I'll fly up and eat you all. Tante said, crying. No, I won't give you one. But it was no use, and in the end, she did what she had done before, just shut her eyes and fluttered round and round till the baby fell out of the nest. She thought there was no help for it, and like some people are, she thought what the eye didn't see, the heart wouldn't feel. But her heart was very sore, and she cried more sadly than ever. It was very sad and sorrowful to listen to. Here came Om Raja. He is a kind old bird, though he holds his neck so crooked and looks like there was nothing to smile at in the whole wide world. Why do you cry so sadly, Tante? It nearly gives me a stitch in my side. I'm very miserable. Home Jackals has eaten two of my little children, and tomorrow he will come for another, and soon I shall have none left. But why do you let him eat them? Because he said if I didn't give him one, he would fly up and eat them all. 
Then, Om Roger was very angry. He flapped his wings and stretched out his long neck. And he opened and shut his long beak to show how he would like to peck out Jackal's wicked eyes if he could only catch him. That Jackal, he said, to tell such lies. But Tante, you are not wise. Don't you know um jackals can't fly? Now listen to me. When he comes again, tell him you know he can't fly. And that you won't give him any more of your children. The next day, there came Om Jackals again with his old story. But Tante just laughed at him. Huh, you storytelling bushy-tail, she said. I won't give you any more of my little children. And you needn't say you'll fly up and eat them, because I know you can't. No, said Om Jackal. How do you know that? Om Riser told me, so there, said Tante. And you can just go to your mother. My, but Tante, but Tante was getting brave now that she knew she and her little children were safe. That was the worst insult you can ever give to a grown-up jackal. And Om Jackal growled more than ever. Never mind, he said at last. I won't bother with her anymore. But wait till I catch Om Raja. He'll be sorry he poked his long nose into my business. The old meddler. And he trotted off to look for him. He hunted and hunted. And at last he found him standing on one leg at the side of the river. With his long neck drawn in and his head resting on his shoulders. Good day, Umraja, he said politely. How are you today? I'm all right, answered Umraja shortly, without moving an inch. The jackal spoke in a little small voice, so humble. Please come this way. I am so stupid, but you are so wise and clever, and I want to ask your advice about something. Om Raja began to listen. It is more so when people hear about themselves. He put down his other leg, stretched out his neck, and asked over his shoulder. What did you say? Come this way a little. The mud over there is too soft for me to stand on. I want your valuable advice about the wind. The other people all say I must ask you, because no one is as wise as you. He knew how to stroke Om Roger's feathers the right way. Um Roger came slowly over the mud. A person mustn't show he is too pleased. He even stopped to swallow a little frog on the way, and then he said, careless-like, Yes, I can tell you all about the wind and weather. Ask what you like, Jackal. 
his long neck twisted about with pride. When the wind is from the west, how must one hold one's head? Is that all? said Mraiser. Just so. And he turned his head to the east. Thank you. And when the wind is from the east? So Mraiser bent his neck the other way. Thank you, said the little small voice, so grateful and humble. But when there is a storm and the rain beats down, how then? So, said Omraiser, and he bent his neck down till his head nearly touched his toes. Then, just as quickly as a whip snake shoots into his hole, so Jackals shot out his arm, caught Umrajer on the bend of his neck, crack, and in a minute, the poor old bird was rolling in the mud with his neck nearly broken, and so weak that he couldn't even lift his beak to peck at the false, wicked eyes that were staring at him. How glad was cruel Jackals. He laughed till he couldn't anymore. He screamed and danced with pleasure. He waved his bushy tail and the silver mane on his back bristled as he jumped about. Ha ha ha. Thought to do me a bad turn, but I'll teach people not to interfere with me. No one is as wise as Umrajer, eh? Then he will soon find out how to mend his broken neck. Ha <laughs> ha. Jackals gave one last spring right over poor Umrajer and danced off to his den to tell Tante and the little jackals how he had cheated Umrajer. And from that day, Umrajer's neck is crooked. He can't hold it straight. And it's all through trying to interfere with jackals. That is why I said jackals is a slim corral. Whether he walks on four legs or on two, the best is to leave him alone because he can always make a plan and no one ever gets the better of him without paying for it in the end.